know the vibes. We're back for another week, the Hoop Genius Podcast. Myself, Moments here alongside the legend that is BJ Armstrong. BJ, what a weekend it's been around the NBA. How are you doing? Mo, Mo, where do we start? You know I, what? You got on green, so let's you, start there, Mo. You let's know. <laughs> There's only one place to start. And for once, I'm not stressing. For once, I'm happy. For once, I'm in a good mood. Yes. Jason Tatum. Yes. 50-piece special order down in Washington, D.C. Carl Cruz may have the answers for him. Jason Tatum. The second player in Stokes history to record 45-plus points and 10-plus rebounds and 5-plus assists. Who's the, the who's the other? Who's you the know, other? You know who the other is. If who, you had to guess, Mo, if you had Mo. to guess who the other is, who are you going hey. with? Who else? Does is it go? Does it cool sound that? like this, Mo? Tweet, tweet, tweet. <laughs> fun, fun fact. Fun fact for you. At the Twitter headquarters, the logo of Twitter. You know, Twitter. The logo of the app is a bird. It's yes. actually called Larry. They call the logo of the Twitter app Larry, named after Larry Bird because the founder is a big Larry Bird fan. But yes, sir. A little bit of basketball trivia to get you started on a Monday morning. The uh, the Boston Celtics, led by Jason Tatum, got a big win on Sunday night. I just wanted to say that. They'll probably lose their next three games or something because that's how the season has gone. And Jason Tatum was going off. He had like 48 on 9 of 14 shooting from deep. The Celtics were up 20. And with five minutes left, I was still watching, convinced that they would find a way to throw the lead away. So that's how my Sunday night went. <laughs> but there was a lot of action around the NBA. Let's run through it all. I, yes. I, I, need, I need to go to South Beach. We need to talk about the Miami Heat, who have won seven of their last nine. Bam Adebayo looking beast mode since he's returned. Jimmy Butler, mm. who's broken LeBron James's record for triple doubles as a member of the Miami Heat. And he's done it in a hundred mm. less games than it took LeBron. They're looking good. They're looking scary. But then they were up 20 points against the Lakers. Up 20 points against the Lakers. Up 20 points. And then with about five minutes left in the fourth, the Lakers started to come back. And the game was decided by just a single possession. What's your take on, firstly, the Miami Heat? Because I'm saying they could sneak out the Eastern Conference right now. But then the LA Lakers, because Anthony Davis is rumored to be coming back very soon. It could be the next game he's back on the court. So what's your takes on them? Well, Mo, I can't keep track now of the Eastern Conference. Because as I was watching the game, Mo, I realized we're talking about the first place, Miami Heat. They are in first place right Tied now. Tied up, yep. Yes, with this win. And give the Miami Heat credit. They have, like all teams, they figured out how to string this thing along, continue to pile up the wins in spite of all of the obstacles they are facing. And give them credit. Nice win. I thought they got a little bored there towards the end of the game. Maybe they didn't close it out the way they would have liked to close it out. But overall, I thought it was a convincing win because they clearly look like the more dominant team. And they had full control of the game until late. And give, give, give the Lakers credit for playing it out to the final, to the final whistle. 
You know, they, they played it all the way through. But overall, Miami looked terrific. I thought they played well. Jimmy Butler was excellent and was a really nice win. And again, the city of Miami wins prior to the game. <laughs> Listen, Saturday nights in South Beach strike once again. And you think a veteran squad like the Lakers, you know, wouldn't 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 fall for that trap. But, but you know, speaking of Miami Heat, they, they've shot up to first in the Eastern Conference now. They've leapfrogged the Chicago Bulls, who took a loss at the hands of the Orlando Magic last night. DeMar DeRozan. Shout out to JD. Shout out to hey, JD. Shout out to our out. boy JD. DeMar DeRozan, very unhappy. He was trying to kick off with Mo Wagner. He got dunked on by the young kid, Jalen Sucks. Let's just talk about that dunk for a second. Not the 360 dunk that he had, but no. when Jalen Sucks splits the two defenders off the pick and roll and then rises up, hangs in the air for a hot minute, sees DeMar DeRozan on the bucket and throws it down on his head. I feel like people have forgotten about Jalen Sucks a little bit because, well, you know, yeah. Cade and all these other guys have got so much attention coming out of the draft. Sucks obviously well, missed you know, a lot of time, so... Yeah, I, I think you said it right there. Mo, Mo Suggs has missed a lot of time due to injury, and he's back. But when he's healthy and he's playing, you can see what he could be. He's a very explosive point guard. He's fearless. Played American football here, Mo, and was really good. All-American. Probably could have eventually probably played in the NFL. He's that level of athlete. And you could see, Mo, he's one of those players that people have kind of forgotten but there was a reason he was drafted where he was drafted. And more importantly, Mo, he's a really, really good player. Has terrific leadership as a young, as a young player, a young point guard. And I think he's going to be fine. And tonight he had a couple of highlight plays, right? In addition to that dunk that he had over DeMar, he had a 360 dunk as well that was in the highlights. So, yep. you know, give them credit. You know, they're young guys. Mo Bamba, you know, Cole Anthony. They're young guys are really starting to put together you know, a few games here and there, which is a very good sign for young players. And uh, I'm like what I'm seeing from their young guys. And with another draft or two, look like they could they could do something. So that should make JD happy. You know, it's been a tough uh, go at it down there in Orlando, but give them credit. I thought Jalen Suggs tonight really stepped up to the plate against the Chicago Bulls. And right now, you know, my bullies they they they're struggling. We, we got to talk they're, about them. Yeah, three and seven, right now. three and seven over the last ten, and now they're going to be without Alex Caruso, who's broken his wrist after yes. that foul from Grayson Allen. We got to talk about that for a yes. second because yes. that's what everyone's been talking about. What's your take on that? Because Grayson Allen, although he hasn't done a lot like that since he's in the NBA, well, actually, a few nights before he did something like that against the Lakers, but in college, he has a reputation for being what some would call a dirty player, you know, trying to trip up a few guys. Donovan Mitchell and him have a history of him trying to trip up Spider and, you know, not getting on well together. So what do you think about that whole situation with Alex Caruso and that foul that ended up breaking his wrist and now he's going to miss at least eight weeks? Well, Mo, I, I never like to see players get hurt. And every night when you go out there and play, you take a chance of getting injured and that's part of the game. However, you know, you try to play the game with a level of integrity. You realize that there are going to be things that's going to happen. You know, guys collide in the air, guys trip, guys come down on other people's feet, so forth and so on. 
But when you do unnecessary things or excessive fouls like that, you can really injure someone. And unfortunately, Caruso was just getting back. I mean, he missed, what, about a month or so due to protocols and other things. I think a hamstring or something he had going on. And then suddenly this happened. So very unfortunate. And, you know, I I, I just, you know, sometimes you get in the heat of the moment and things happen. But the play didn't look good, Mo. You know, I I, I wasn't there at the game. It didn't look good. Very unfortunate. And let's just hope that Caruso can get back because, you know, he's a terrific player. The Bulls clearly need him. And we just, and I say we, the league and all of us basketball fans, you know, we just won't tolerate that type of behavior. You know, this is a, you know, you want to take care of one another. You want to play hard. You want to commit, you know, hard fouls, right? Mm. That's part of the game. But to try to hurt someone, I don't want to think that someone tried to hurt someone, but it was a very unfortunate play. And I just hope Caruso can get back and, and get back to the to the lineup sooner rather than later. Well, here's, here's my thing. If you go on YouTube and you say, you type in Grayson Allen, right? And you can find a video that's seven minutes long that's called Grayson Allen Dirty Plays Compilation 2022. And then you can find another video from three years ago that's five minutes long of Grayson Allen Dirty Plays the Moments. Maybe it's time to start looking at this guy under a bit of a microscope and thinking maybe he needs to be punished more severely than just the one game ejection um, suspension that he's received because this isn't an anomaly. This isn't an accident. He's clearly been doing this throughout his career. There's videos from two years ago three years ago of him doing the same. He even did it in summer league and got ejected. I think it was in a game against the Soics. I remember watching. And so I, you know, I'm not a fan. He's, he's one of my least favorite players in the NBA. And, you know, I think the punishment should be hard. I think he should be out as long as Caruso's out. That should be the suspension. When Caruso's back in the league and playing, you can be back in the league and playing because, you know, when I, was, when I was in law school, they talked about this thing called a duty of care. You have, if you're in a business, if you're in the world, et cetera, et cetera, you have a duty of care to your fellow human beings to ensure their safety. What he did, that play that he made, was not a play ensuring the safety of Alex Caruso or the other players out there on the court. So we are going to keep it moving because... As much as we could talk about the negatives, let's talk about the positives. Last yes. night, once again, two of the young faces of the league went mm. head-to-head. Two of your favorite players, two of my favorite players, Morant and the Memphis Grizzlies went to Dallas to take on the Mavericks. Jar had 35-13-6. Luca had 37-11-9. Now, we're not going to talk too much about Morant. Because tomorrow we're joined by a very special guest, Mister. Who who we got? Who we got? Who we B night, Mister. Mister. The voice of the Grizzlies, Mister. Mister. Played in the NBA and now he drops the gems and knowledge about the players in the NBA. Brevin Knight will be joining us on the show to give us an inside look at the Memphis Grizzlies. If you guys didn't know, he's the color commentator for the Memphis Grizzlies on Bally Sports. So we're not going to dive too deep into them. The Dallas defense once again looked elite, and we've discussed that on previous episodes, so you can go back and check that. But here's the question for you, BJ. If you were starting a franchise today, 
Mm. Which one of those guys are you taking? Today, John Morant. Today, I'm with John Morant. And simply because the other following. I think overall, as far as defensively, he's a more active player on the defensive end than Luka Doncic. And Luka is everything you could ask as a lead guard, as a big guard. He can score. He can pass. He can see over the top. He can, he's got a post game. But Luka has really shown the inability right now to do two things. One, he's not always in tip-top shape for whatever the reason Hey, 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 hey. I, I can't knock him for that. I can relate. I can relate. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, we could relate. We could relate. But at some point, you know, he comes into camp out of shape and he plays himself in the shape. And when you're young, you can get away with that. Now, as he's rounding into shape right now, you could see the difference between the early Dallas Mavericks and where they're at now. At some point, Mo, we're going to ask him to have a little discipline to come in camp in shape and not get that far out of shape. Just because, James yeah, because at some point it's not going to happen for him. Now, as you can see, Luca's talent, I have nothing. I have nothing to say. So if you're just saying right now, based on what it is, mm. John Morant is going to give you more consistent effort, especially on the defensive end. Now, Luca is bigger. Luca can operate from different areas. And Luca should be a more efficient player, especially on the offensive end because of his ability to post. But that means he's going to have to be in shape. And I'm going to give that edge to my guy, John Morant, just because I know that our good friend there, Luca, has the capability to just a little bit. He'll, he'll cheat on his diet just a little bit. Just, and there's nothing wrong with that, Mo. I can't, I can't complain. I can't say anything. You know. Because I, I'm cheat, I cheat all the time. Oh, on your, on your diet. Let's just put the disclaimer in right yeah, there. You know yeah, what I'm saying? In yeah, case of any on angry, my diet. Yeah. Any angry listeners, you know what I'm saying? We just talk about diets yeah. here. This is a yeah, wholesome, yes, yeah, we're talking about wholesome that. Yeah, podcast. Yes, yes, talk- yeah, <laughs> yes. yeah I, I cheat on my diet all the time. Yeah. <laughs> but I try. Well, I'm 50. I'm 54. I feel you. When, when you're in your 20s, Mo, like... You gotta I have, have a little no, discipline. I have no excuse. I cheat on my diet on a regular... But <laughs> Luka Doncic ain't got to sit at this desk and make podcasts and do what I do all day. So let me let me break it down like this. You know, there is no wrong answer to this question. Right. I love John Morant. I love Luka Doncic. Both of them, 22 years old, even though it seems like Luka is a lot older, right? I'm taking Luka Doncic. The okay. reason being... Talk to me. If I'm, you know, owning a franchise and I'm making an investment for the next 10 to 15 years... Yes. I get very scared watching John Morant. Every time he's in the air, I am absolutely paralyzed with fear about him landing and getting injured. Luka Doncic may be out of shape, but I know he ain't going to land and get injured in the way that someone like John Morant can when he's 4,000 feet in the sky, jumping over 10 defenders, throwing down a dunk and landing on one leg. That's the part that worries me is the longevity of it right now, 100%, the more active defender, 
puts the fans in seats, plays amazing basketball. But we've seen with athletes, especially at the point guard position, who can fly like this. I'm talking about D Rose, amazing MVP, one of the best point guards we've seen. Unfortunately, his prime was cut short by injury. John Wall, we've seen him fly down the court. We've seen him doing those 360 layups before John Morant was even in high school. We've seen him flying about the court. Once again, prime cut short by injuries. Russell Westbrook, as amazing as he was in his prime, you can see now the athleticism's gone. He's not the same player. So that's the reason why if I was starting a franchise, I'd be looking at Luka Doncic because Luka Doncic, he might be a little out of shape. That's why I said shout out to James Harden. James Harden's still around, dropping 30-point ball games into his 30s. Shout out to my boy Paul Pierce because he had the same body type build as Luca, played at his own pace, can play with the back to the basket, can get you a bucket on the perimeter. It's the old man game. It's built for longevity. But there's no wrong answer. I'm not mad either way because if you're starting a franchise with either of those guys, you're going to be competing for the next 10, 15 years. And... Hopefully, fingers crossed, inshallah, that Jamarant does not pick up one of those injuries. But that's my fear with Jamarant because I've seen it happen to so many explosive athletic point guards. It's definitely a concern, and I, and I definitely get it. I think you, you, you hit it right on when you are moving at that pace, when you're moving at that speed and as athletic, without question. But when you're not in good shape, though, Mo, you also increase your chances of getting hurt. And you could see the little nagging things that have kept Luca out over the years. Ankle injury here, calf injury there, back here, neck, and all of these things, these little injuries. Now, he's able to play through them now because he's young enough. Mm. But at some point, Mo, unless he improves his diet, it, listen, if Luca comes into camp in top-notch shape, we're not even having this discussion. Do, do you think? Because I agree. I agree. I say this. I agree. It's easier to build a team around a bigger point guard than it is a smaller one. Now, yeah. Luca, Luca, if he comes into camp in shape, without question, you're going to take a six, what, what is he, six, eight, six, nine, whatever yeah. he is. Big body. Point guard, you, yeah, he's a big body. I mean, come on. If he's in, he's in tip-top shape, this, this is not even a question. However, based on what we've seen on the floor, and that's my only concern, and this is what I was going to ask. Do you think that is a, a fit in terms of, you know, I was listening to our, our friend, Brendan Sir and his coaching you podcast with Jeff Van Gundy the other day. And Jeff was talking yes. about when he was coaching Nick's guys had to come into camp under a certain body right. fat or they wouldn't see the floor. And that's the thing that Pat Riley carries with the Miami Heat to this day, the conditioning saying, if you're not under this body fat, I don't care who you are, even if you're Shaquille O'Neal and you've just won a championship, you have to be under this body fat. You have to be able to make these sprints in this many seconds. Do you think it's a fit that if Luka Doncic played for a Pat Ryan team, that he would actually have to come in and he would be better disciplined? Do you think it's a culture thing over there in the Mavericks who have said, hey, listen, you're 22, you've carried us into the playoffs, you've hit game winners, you're a big-time player, you've been playing pro since you were 16, you do what you're doing. Whereas another franchise might say, hey, listen, we get how talented you are, but we're going to need you to do the following. Get in shape. Well, you know, yeah, well, here's the thing, Mo. And again, I don't want to seem like I'm picking on Luca because, you know, Luca is an extraordinary talent. Make no doubt about it. However, 
it's very difficult, if impossible, to win a championship without being a professional and having the discipline to, at the very least, show up in peak condition. Now, we can all tolerate and live with you may miss shots. You may not play well. You may have a bad matchup. However, Mo, it's unacceptable when you're not in the proper condition to give the effort necessary to win the game. Okay, there's two things, Mo, that every player, I don't care if you're the, the best player on the team or the last guy on the team, you have a responsibility to give the effort and energy necessary to play and give your very best when you're out there on the floor. Now, just because you're talented, if you are not in peak condition, Mo, game off. Game off. Game off. Is So if... Is it, is it not crazy to you that the Luca that we've seen so far, and as great as he's been, has never been in peak condition, though? Yeah, exactly. Listen, one of my favorite players right now is Joel Embiid. I was just because about that to was the criti- yeah. that was the criticism of him just a year or two ago. Imagine Joel Joel Embiid right now is unstoppable, and everybody in the league knows he's unstoppable. And he's only about seventy percent in shape right now. What if he was in Giannis type condition or Steph Curry type condition? Crazy because because last <laughs> night, yo, listen, last night once again. Once again, Joe Embiid led the Sixers to a win on the road with 38 points, 12 yes. rebounds, six assists. Man, this man has been on an unstoppable it's tear. Unstoppable. An this unstoppable is- tear. And the Philadelphia 76ers are seven and three over the last 10. They've moved up into the, you know, the top six seeds now in the Eastern Conference. I think that man needs more respect in terms of and, and, look at who and he's more- carrying to those wins. Yeah, and Mo, you you know this. Look, I, I said it on Sky TV. Who you thought was going to win the MVP this year? I picked Luka Doncic. <laughs> I picked Luka. This isn't a question of talent. Yeah. When Luka comes to the NBA in peak shape, he's going to go through this league like we haven't seen because of his skill set and his ability. But I'm challenging him to be in that level of condition. I hate like, you. Like th- that, Col- that Kobe Bryant type conditioning, that Michael Jordan type of conditioning, the conditioning that where he is an elite level, because if you can have his talent with his discipline and focus and in shape, game over. You talk about fun. That's going to be a fun season in the NBA. You know, talking about players who play themselves into shape, it gets a bit harder as you get older. And James Harden is finding that out at the age of 32, the Nets lost on the road to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Harden only had 13 points, four of 30 from the field, one of four from downtown. Kyrie had 30, but they took the loss. Kyrie Towns, D'Angelo Russell both had 23. And the Ant-Man dropped 25 for the Timberwolves. Yes. yes. I like what the Timberwolves are doing. You know, we can talk about the Nets all day long, and people love to talk about that. The Timberwolves are a 500 team this season. They're going to be comfortably in the play-in. They're playing some nice... Defense is a unit. Coach Chris Finch is doing a great job with them. I feel, I feel that Ant Man is, you know, that that star presence there now, you know, that energy there now. He's the leader on. He's communicating on the court. They still have some ways to go as individual defenders, but as a team, I think they're getting it done. 
Um, you know, just around the league a little little bit more. Nikola Jokic had 34, 9, and 8 again. Mm. Almost a triple-double, mm. two steals and a block to go with it in the win over your Detroit Pistons. The Golden State Warriors escaped with a two-point win over the Utah Jazz. The Hawks took a win. They've been picking up some wins recently. Trey Young had 30. Um, you know, they, they picked up a win. And the Portland Trailblazers, they picked up another win. It's a nice win. Anthony nice Simons win. and Nazir Little both getting 19 points. The Portland Trailblazers have put together a nice run of form without Damian Lillard. But I've got one last question for you today, BJ. Yes. I was listening to my man KG on his new show. Okay. And he was he was talking about, oh, and by the way, we forgot to talk about RJ Barrett and the Knicks, but you should have been locked in with us on Sky Sports as we did a live watch along. Right. So we ain't even going to give right, you that right, right now. you got to stay locked into the social so you know where to find us. But anyway, I was listening to my man KG and Paul Pierce chop it up the other day on KG's new show. And they were discussing an interesting topic. They said, if you had KD and Giannis playing one-on-one, who's taking a W? And then the conversation led on to, uh, KG said, listen, let's put up 10 mil and let's take six of the best players from the NBA, you have to average 20 to qualify and let's have a one-on-one tournament. He said, let's put them on Alcatraz. Let's give them six dribbles each. So it got me thinking. A one-on-one tournament, let's say eight players to make it a proper tournament, right? Who are the eight players that you want to see from the NBA right now in that tournament? Because I think KD is a no-brainer. KD and Giannis guaranteed spots. You know, Mo, I'm a little older than you, so I'm I'm going to go back. I remember when they were doing these one-on-one type tournaments, and I remember it's one that's floating out there where you saw Kareem versus Dr. J. Mm-hmm. You know, the bigs are going to win the one-on-one. It's not the sexy thing to say, but the bigs are going to win the one-on-one. They're going to win the one-on-one. So you, you said Embiid and Jokic are going to come in, or do you mean Giannis? I, I'm saying Giannis, Embiid. Who's stopping Embiid on the offensive end? Come on. You, another big. KD, LeBron, who else you want to put out there? Jason Tatum, where else you? They're not Ky- stopping. They're Kyrie. Not stopping. <laughs> Kyrie. <laughs> That's it. Come on. Like... You're, you're, you're talking moves, right? You're not stopping the bigs. You're just not going to stop them, especially on the off. You're not going to stop Jokic. He's, he, you're not going to, like, steal the ball from him. He's going to crab dribble. Giannis is probably the most qualified player to win that tournament because he can do – he's probably the most versatile defender out of all of the group, and he has – the most realistic chance of at least contesting all the other players, right? No one's going to stop KD. Don't get me wrong, but KD's not stopping them either. Now, could KD roll off 10 in a row? Absolutely he could. But if he does miss, let's say he goes nine for 10 from the field. (laughs) I don't feel confident about him stopping JoJo or Jokic. (laughs) Or Giannis. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I had this debate with some friends a couple of years ago, and I remember, you, you know, when you get into those debates, I go on for hours. And they right. were telling me, this was when Steph Curry was unanimous MVP. They said to me, one-on-one, 
Steph Curry in his prime would beat Shaq in his prime. And I said no. to them, listen, Steph Curry in his prime is still not shooting 100% from three. Because they said threes are worth more than twos. I said, yeah, but he's not going to shoot 100% from three. But Shaq is going to score 100% of his points. Yeah, that's that's not that's not it's, not it's a math game. It's a math game yeah, for me. Yeah. Well, it's not even a math game, it's a matchup. This is the thing, this is the thing that analytics doesn't take into consideration. Look at the matchup. Steph Curry could lose on the flip. The flip goes heads and tails. Shaq gets the ball first. Game is there, over. There you go. He's gonna score 10 in a row. He's gonna score 11 in a row, 21 in a row. How Shaq is want. not going to how is what is stuff gonna do against Shaq? Exactly. Exactly. Nothing. And, and don't forget, like, like, listen. Since we're talking about Shaq, you know, I've wanted to say this for a long time. You know, they talk about the greatest, and we talk about the greatest, and we throw this guy, but you know. Truthfully speaking, well, there's really no greatest, right? You have it's subjective these moments in time. Yeah, you have these moments in time. And the thing I admire most is who's the most dominant player. And the only way we can say who's the most dominant player is by looking who won, right? Okay, so in this era, you could say this guy was the most dominant. That era, you could say that guy's the most dominant. And then you could start, you know, having these arguments. Oh, this guy had the most points. This guy went to the finals the most. This guy, whatever, whatever your criteria is. But let me tell you something, Mo. I, I want to say something about, because I, I played against Prime Shaq. Unlucky. <laughs> okay. Unlucky. I, I, played against, I played against Prime Shaq. Now, I saw Prime Tim Duncan. I saw Prime Akeem Olajuwon. I saw Magic. I saw Bird. I saw Kobe. I saw, I saw all of these guys. The single most dominant force, just a pure force, was Shaq. Just, I'm talking force. I'm not saying he was the greatest player because Shaq wasn't always in superior shape. But I'm telling you, he's the most single, most dominant force I've ever seen. And if Shaq, because I, I I really admire him. I I you know I saw Akeem Olajuwon. Remember when Dream had that that little run, that two or three year run yep. where he was like, I mean, Dream was defensive player, MVP, Finals okay. MVP. Shaq, I'm just gonna say it. Shaq probably should have been the greatest player. He probably should have been. And the reason I say that is because. There was no counter to him at all in the NBA. There was no Jordan rules. There was no matchup problem. There was no like, well, we can, we can force him to do whatever. There was no counter to him. The only counter to him was Shaquille O'Neal. Mm-hmm. And Shaq, had a few, you know, he wasn't he wasn't a perfect player. But if Shaq would have just worked on just a couple things, one, been in, in, in superior condition, okay, that would have eliminated probably 90% of all the other things that I can say. Because the only other thing you can really say about his game was his free throw shooting. Yeah. But okay. he still made it when it counts, as he likes to remind us. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. 
Shaq is without question the most dominant force. Okay. And when you start looking at the history of the NBA, the biggest athletes, the most powerful athletes, more times than not, always wins in a seven game series. I think Shaq, what do you win? Four championships? Yeah. He probably should have won at least seven or eight. And I think he will say that. I don't think he will probably say it out loud, but I think Shaq, especially, I mean, when you think about this, Mo, he was playing with the late Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. He, he always Mo, says if, if they never split up that team, split up. if they never split up that team. Mo, Mo, Mo listen, listen. Every, every time I played against Shaq, every time I played against Shaq, I did the same exact thing. I wanted to check to see if the big fella was going to step out on the screen roll. Because if he was going to step out on the screen roll, then you knew you had no chance to win. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay. Because yep. if he wanted to play defense that night, and he, he, would he can move his feet as well. You know, younger fans, no, no, no. Shaq, younger fans, newer fans Shaq. think he's this big, slow guy. No, no, Prime no, no, no. Shaq, Shaq was could Shaq. move. Could move. No, Prime Shaq could move like no other. If, if you would come down and you would just come off the screen to see if the big fella was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just chilling tonight. Okay, now you got a chance because the big fella maybe not, maybe he's not going to turn up the defensive end until the fourth quarter or the third quarter, whenever he feels like it. But when he was active and he wanted to defend, he could control the entire game. Now, he, he, that's I've always wanted to say that about Shaq is because everyone forgets how good he really was. Shaq was a, he was an immovable force. He was a force that I don't care what era he was playing in, but he was not a perfect player because of the things we talk about, the things we talk about free throw shooting, and he wasn't always in superior shape. But when he was in shape, that was 40 and 20 at the very least. Think mm-hmm. about that. When he, when he wanted to show up, he could be 40 and 20 just messing around. Mm-hmm. And this is why was nothing. This is when you said you played against Shaq in his prime. I said unlucky because I don't think there's a yeah, player yeah, yeah, in NBA yeah, history. Yeah, yeah, you said, who do no, I not want to go up against no, on the court? It, I don't, don't want to see him. I don't, don't want to get that problem. It, it, it was Shaq. You know, I mean, people forget this. You know, and, and when Michael came back, Shaq was the, the guy who beat us. Yeah. When he came back. Shaq was... Shaq was, yeah, Shaq was a, Shaq was a, Shaq was a serious, serious problem. Thank goodness he didn't, thank goodness he really is a, when I say, I don't even, what's the, what's the proper term? If he was a, I mean, Shaq had a mean streak in him too. He had a mean streak, but he was a, he was a gentle soul because yeah. he could have really hurt somebody. Yeah. He could have really hurt somebody. He, he hurt plenty of backboards. <laughs> yeah. He could have hurt somebody. You know, thank, thank goodness. That Lucille, his mom, she raised him the right way because he really could have hurt somebody. Mm-hmm. He was that good. He was that dominant. He was so athletic. He was so strong and he was quick. I'm telling you, man, he had footwork that was like beyond. He could step out, move. He had it all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was incredible to watch him. It was incredible to watch him because he was such a dominant he was a superhero superhero he's one of the first players that really got me into watching the nba when i was a kid 
when I seen Shaquille O'Neal, that was that was like watching a superhero play basketball. Yo, but Mo, he, but he, he you was... know, if if you guys at home want to be superheroes in your own right, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, and tell your friends about the show. Because that has been this week's first episode of the Hoop Genius Podcast. We're going to be here all week, episodes every morning. Like I said, tomorrow, special guest, we're getting an inside look at the Memphis Grizzlies with Mr. Brevin Knight. BJ and I are going to be here rocking Monday to Friday in your headphones. Every morning when you wake up, you can get a fresh dose of NBA mm. basketball, breaking down the games from last night. Looking forward to two nights games. BJ, before we go, I'm going to hit you with some games for tonight. And you're going to hit me with okay. just one word. The Knicks and the Cavs. Cavs. Pacers and Pelicans. Pacers. Bulls and the Thunder. Bulls. The Jazz and the Suns. Suns. Okay. We'll see you guys tomorrow. And much like Jason Tatum with his 50-piece special order in Washington, get buckets.